Coming up on We Talk News This Week, Vermont bans Delta 8 THC, and that's a good thing? The Safe Banking Act stalls in the U.S. Senate, while Massachusetts doubles its own cannabis-friendly banks. A roundup of state news where cannabis is still illegal and where cannabis is king on We Talk News next. We are pro-cannabis media. Hi, everyone. Welcome to We Talk News for this week. I'm Jimmy Young from Pro Cannabis Media. This is the program where we look at the most compelling stories from the cannabis industry and then share them with you. We've got our regular reports from our five state correspondents and, of course, our Canadian cannabis report from Solomon Israel of MJ Biz. Now, all is quiet on the federal legalization front as the safe banking bill has hit the Senate wall. We'll find out the latest on that scene on Friday's Green Rush Live when we check in with Michael Correa from the NCIA. Our top story this week comes from here in New England, where Vermont has now joined 12 other states by banning Delta 8 THC. Thankfully, we've got Vermont's green nurse, Jessie Lynn Dolan, as our correspondent in the Green Mountain State, and she can explain. Jessie Lynn? Thanks, Jimmy. I'm Jessie Lynn Dolan with Nurse Grown Organics and Vermont Cannabis Nurses, and this is We Talk News Vermont Report. This past week, all Vermont hemp registrants were sent a letter warning them about Delta 8 THC. Because the Vermont hemp rules expressly prohibit the use of synthetic cannabinoids in hemp products and hemp-infused products, Vermont hemp program registrants that manufacture, label, possess, or distribute products containing Delta-8 THC are violating state law and risk enforcement by the Vermont Agency of Agriculture. The agency also reminded registrants that federal and or state criminal sanctions are possible. Agree or not, the short answer is the manufacturing of Delta-8 THC or its use in hemp products is not permitted under the Vermont Hemp Program. On Tuesday of this week, former Hetty Vermont co-founder Eli Harrington, now reporting for Vermontawana, threw out a rather lengthy and bombshell of an article surrounding the recently reported $35 million revenue from Vermont's largest independent cannabis company. Since 2013, High Fidelity has had an eight-figure sum via two medical cannabis dispensary licenses and a legal CBD business. Page after page of the article details Vermont's medical cannabis program's questionable history from accounting, corporate partnerships, nonprofit-to-profit turnovers, to politics, lawsuits, court and state registry papers, and documents. For a great read and much more information on what some would call a Vermont cannabis monopoly and Vermontuana rights cartel, visit vermontuana.com. Another write-up fresh for Vermonters this week and definitely worth a read is from the Vermont Growers Association as they lay out the legislative happenings and updates regarding the cannabis bill currently sitting favorably in the House. Vermont growers were once the impetus behind starting this bill, coined the cleanup bill for Act 164, Vermont's impending adult use market and law. With recent provisions and the bill not addressing what VGA planned, they've changed their tune and are calling for immediate reform to the bill or for its death. 
For information and advocacy opportunities, visit vermontgrowersassociation.org. That's the Vermont Report for Weed Talk News. I'm Vermont's cannabis nurse, Jessie Lynn Dolan. From the tiny state of Vermont to the big business of big marijuana, that's where we check in on the markets with the Green Market Report's Deborah Borchardt. Deborah? I'm Deborah Borchardt, and this is the Business Update from the Green Market Report. For a company that mostly sells rolling papers, Turning Point Brands is turning into a behemoth in the cannabis industry. During its recent earnings results, the company said that it was increasing its guidance for 2021 net sales to a range of $422 million to $440 million. The results for the company's first quarter has net sales increasing 18% to $107 million, and the company's net income increased $7.3 million to $11.8 million. The hydroponic company Hydro Farm Holdings Group has had a very busy week. First, the company said it expects to deliver net sales in the range of $109 million to $111 million for the quarter. The company also announced this week that it was acquiring Heavy 16 in a deal valued at $78 million. And if that wasn't enough, Hydro Farm supersized a huge offering that plans to raise the company $269 million. The Balance Company is buying Green Roads in a deal valued at about $60 million. And finally, Pennsylvania's medical cannabis sales have gone through the roof. Between April 2020 and March 2021, Pennsylvania medical markets have brought in $909.4 million. And this has been the Weed Talk News Business Update. There are now a handful of states in the U.S. moving their legislative initiatives towards legalization of adult use of cannabis. Will it be Delaware next, Connecticut, Rhode Island, or maybe Minnesota or Pennsylvania? Now, one reason all those states want to move forward on this is they all need the tax revenue. One state just passed the $1 billion sales plateau for its medicinal program. That state is Maryland. Now, it only took them 40 months to reach that milestone. As you know, that state is right next to Washington, D.C., and that's where the Vote Pro podcast Phil Adams originates his report every week. Phil? Hi, this is Phil Adams from Vote Pro Podcast, here with the We Talk News D.C. report. A bipartisan coalition of lawmakers introduced legislation this week to study the impact of cannabis legalization at the state level. The legislation would require a number of federal agencies to partner with the National Academy of Sciences to collect data from states where medical and or adult use programs have been enacted. The programs would be assessed in terms of their economic, public health, criminal justice, and workplace impact. Sponsors include Democratic Representatives Bob Menendez of New Jersey and Sylvia Garcia of Texas, and Republicans Rand Paul of Kentucky and Don Young of Arkansas. Lawmakers from both sides of the aisle are urging key committee leaders to protect state cannabis programs from federal interference. In a letter to the leadership of the House Appropriations Committee, members of the Congressional Cannabis Caucus are asking that a rider be included in the forthcoming spending bill that would prevent the Justice Department from using its funds to intervene in legal adult use marijuana markets. The letter notes the growing number of states that have legalized cannabis for medical and or recreational use and argues that the Department of Justice should be barred from enforcing prohibition against citizens 
who apply with those local policies. Senate Banking Committee Chairman Sherrod Brown this week walked back his position on the Safe Banking Act somewhat. Last February, the Ohio Senator insisted that his support for the Secure and Fair Enforcement Banking Act was contingent upon attaching a drug sentencing reform measure to the bill. Asked this week about the possibility of dropping it as a condition, however, Brown said, quote, I'm pretty open to it. Last week, Brown continued to make clear his reservations about the Safe Banking Act, even as he and Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer have been discussing incorporating banking and sentencing reform into a broader cannabis bill. For his part, Schumer has indicated he's not interested in passing banking reform as a standalone bill, saying that could undermine the prospects of the broader legalization bill, which he says is coming soon. That's the Weed Talk News DC report for this week. I'm Phil Adams from Vote Pro Podcast. In Illinois, there are two lawsuits moving forward that are challenging that state's initial licensing process. Both could reveal the inner workings of the original awarding of licenses in that state. The adult program launched on January 1st of 2020, and they have not issued another license in over a year. Margot Vaselli has our report from Illinois. I'm Margot Vaselli from Margawana with this week's We Talk News report from Illinois. Long lines, closures, and shortages on products have been leaving customers frustrated ever since the onset of recreational back in January 1st, 2020. This has been intentional. That's what Toy Hutchinson, the pot czar of Illinois, has just disclosed. Intentionally slowing down things allows for more space for new entrants to the market is what she says. Similar shortages have been seen across the legalized market across the nation in similar suits. Despite consumer frustrations, the slow and steady approach is actually an advantage for all of us. For one, this allows for small businesses to build up revenue streams before they expand. And in addition, this allows for protection on medical marijuana users so that the adult use program doesn't take priority. More than 87,000 patients of the medical, 87,000 patients have qualified for the medical program since 2015. On May 1st, the state will award for 75 new dispensary licenses to come out. That's in addition to the 110 licenses that will be coming out at the end of the year. In the meantime, 60 new craft grow licenses will be awarded and we'll be definitely seeing a, a big spike coming from that too. That's the Illinois Report. I'm Margo Vaselli for Weed Talk News. 420 is in the rear view mirror now of the calendar, but sales figures are now just starting to trickle in. And as expected, there was a pretty good percentage increase in sales from that date a year ago. First of all, there were over 1,000 more stores selling weed to the public than the year before when many weren't open or like here in Massachusetts where they were closed for COVID. Sales were up 9.5% across the board and should surpass 200 million for the day in sales. Average transaction on that day was $76.26, and that's a 9% increase right there. Here's Michigan's Rick Thompson with that state's report. Rick? Hi again, this is Rick Thompson bringing you the Michigan report for Weed Talk News. Tommy Chong is launching a new line of products in Michigan. 
Yes, the famed comedian, musician, movie star, and dancer is partnering with Michigan-based cannabis manufacturer MKX to produce a Michigan-specific line of products, starting with pre-rolls, flour, and other things, as outlined in their press release issued Tuesday. The product line should be in stores next week. A press conference with Tommy is scheduled for early in the week with statewide distribution of the Chong product line set for Cinco de Mayo. Chong is quoted in the press release as saying, This is going to be a lovely partnership. Michigan is an awesome state to be a stoner in. So true, Mr. Chong. So true. Banning billboards in Michigan? Yes, that's the plan for two state lawmakers who are introducing legislation banning cannabis industry billboards. Now, it's true that cannabis companies are the state's number one user of billboard advertising in 2021, but are those billboards offensive in design, or is this just recycled canna hate resurfacing again? It's the canna hate thing, in all honesty. A bill mandating a 5 nanogram THC threshold for drivers was introduced recently, too, and some municipalities are looking to scale back their pro-cannabis ordinances. Now, Michigan's had a medical program for 12 years, had regulated medical cannabis businesses for five, and legalized cannabis since 2018. Some people just don't get it. And that's the Michigan Report. I'm MICBD's Rick Thompson for Weed Talk News. One state that has always been anti-weed as far as the legalization front is Louisiana. Sure enough, however, there is now a bill out of committee with approval of that committee heading to Louisiana's House of Representatives. Now, this will take a monumental effort to even get it through that Senate. But if it clears the Republican-controlled House, there, of course, is no guarantee that it will even reach the governor's desk. Democrat John Bell Edwards is their governor, and he opposes adult use, but it does support the medicinal use of cannabis, even though their current medical program is one of the strictest in the nation. I just can't believe that cannabis is now is such a political issue that further separates our country. Ask the Rastafarians. That plant is supposed to bring us all together, not apart. New Jersey is learning that lesson now. Here's Tara Masu Sargente with our New Jersey report. Tara? I'm Tara Masu from Blazin Bakery, and this is the New Jersey report for Weed Talk News. Lately, we've been hearing a lot about towns opting in or out of adult-use cannabis sales. Currently, towns have 180 days, which ends in August, to adopt an ordinance either allowing or banning adult-use cannabis facilities in their municipality. After the 180 days, the towns will have five years before they're allowed to change their position. This means towns that do nothing will be open for business, and those that opt out will be locked out of revenue until 2026. Now, to see mayors and city council members who are showing disdain act in this manner is unfortunate because the vote for legalization passed with an overwhelming 67 percent. Support was not divided by party, race, age or gender. Everyone wanted to legalize cannabis. In fact, of New Jersey's 565 municipalities, only three towns voted no. One of them had 11 voters and it lost five, six. The other had two voters and it tied. The only town that didn't support adult use cannabis was a conservative Orthodox Jewish community. Yet, mayors continue to speak ill of and block what their residents so clearly voted for. The most recent trend is shore towns opting out, most vocally perhaps the famously dry town of Ocean City, whose mayor, Jay Gillian, has been extremely outspoken. Gillian said, it's just ridiculous and this disgusts me. City Council President said, Bob Barr said, 
I am 1000% zero tolerance. Jillian pledged she is not giving up on this. West Long Branch is another shore town recently passed an ordinance banning adult use. And there are some who are also far along in the process, such as Stone Harbor, Sea Isle City, Wildwood Crest, and Cape May. Others likely to follow based on their pre-legalization actions are Ventnor, Wildwood, and North Wildwood. This summer, remember, your dollar is your vote. So make sure you are visiting, vacationing, and supporting towns that support the cannabis industry. On the other side of legalization, two men were arrested this week with $1 million of cannabis in their vehicle. Sean Porter, 34 of Canada, and Jeremy Windelowski, 23 of New York, were stopped on Interstate 80 in Lodi. When the windows were rolled down, detectives found 13 overstuffed duffel bags of cannabis, which were also indicated by the sheriff's canine unit. There was a total of 360 pounds of marijuana worth $1 million. When the suspects were taken into custody, Wendelowski resisted arrest, injuring the officer's arm. So both men were brought in on intent to distribute over 25 pounds of marijuana. But Wendelowski also faces aggravated assault on an officer. Please don't misunderstand. Even though cannabis is now legal, you're only allowed to possess six ounces, not 350 pounds. I'm Tara Masu from Blaze and Bakery, and this has been the New Jersey Report for Weed Talk News. Now it's time to head north of the border to Canada for this week's Canadian Cannabis Report with MJ Biz Canada's reporter, Solomon Israel. Solomon? I'm Solomon Israel from MJ Biz Canada, and this is the Weed Talk News Canadian Cannabis Report. Canadian sales of legal recreational cannabis totaled 263 million Canadian dollars in February, according to Canada's Federal Statistics Agency. That's down about 6% from January, although February is, of course, a shorter month than January. Compared to February 2020, cannabis sales were up nearly 75%. Meanwhile, Canada still has a huge amount of unsold legal cannabis sitting on shelves. But that excess of supply eased off in December as producers pulled back on production at the aggregate level. December's unsold cannabis inventory totaled 1.14 billion grams, down slightly from the previous month. You can read those stories and more at mjbizdaily.com. I'm Solomon Israel for MJ Biz Canada. Finally, here's some more rapid-fire cannabis news headlines for you. The Texas House is trying to change its rules regarding cannabis by reducing penalties for concentrates and expanding their own medical program. Rhode Island lawmakers are saying legalization in that state is inevitable, but it won't probably happen until next year. Connecticut Governor Ned Lamont is talking with New Mexico Governor Luhan Grisham about how best to implement adult-use legalization in that state. Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, you know where Philadelphia is. Well, guess what? They're banning pre-employment drug testing for cannabis. And here in Massachusetts, the Bay State has now doubled the banks where you can do business in the cannabis business industry from three to six over the past year. Of course, that's more progress than the prospects for the Safe Banking Act to move on to the Senate floor after passing the House. That's this week's Weed Talk News. I'm Jimmy Young from Pro Cannabis Media. Remember, it's a whole new world of weed out there. Use it responsibly. 
Weed Talk and In the Weeds are two productions of pro-cannabis media supported by Revolutionary Clinics, one of the top medical cannabis dispensaries in the Massachusetts area, now with three locations in Greater Boston, two in Cambridge, and one on Broadway in Somerville. Rev Clinics has a patient-first mission. They will customize your needs as a medical patient with the proper titration and combination of strains, flavors, and products. Rev Clinics, where the patient comes first. Hi, Jimmy Young here, and I have to ask you, are you secure? If you're in the cannabis industry, you have to have security for your grow facility or dispensary. And we are so happy to welcome Salient Systems to our group of supporters. You get to call their rep. His name is Ben Shower at SalientSys.com. So don't even wait an hour. Call Ben Shower at 413-333-7974. Cannabis Media Programming is available live and on demand on our Facebook page at ProCanna Media, on Instagram at ProCannabis Media, on LinkedIn also at ProCannabis Media, on YouTube and YouTube Live on ProCannabis Media, Twitter at ProCanna Media, and on twitch.tv backslash ProCannabis Media. So like, share, and subscribe to all of our content, newsletters, and shows live or on demand. We are Pro Cannabis Media.